0: Halo, Halo, Halo. What was once a noble franchise that pioneered the FPS landscape and changed everything while bringing forth a new emerging competitor on the console market has fallen from grace so sharply it's not only hurtful, but it's baffling. Welcome ladies and gentlemen to another episode of Psychic's Thoughts. I hope you're all doing well. I appreciate all the love and support as always. I've done about two episodes, maybe, on Halo Infinite. And I decided to do a third one. Or a second one. I don't know how many I've done. Now. Why am I dragging this game through the mud? Because it's a good game. That's right. I said it. You can quote me on that. It's a good game. With a shitty... Shitty community service support it absolutely has destroyed this game because from the graphics the art aesthetic, the gameplay and for the most part the balancing it's not perfect, there's still a lot of polish that needed to be done and all that but as a whole, the core of it is really fucking good and I've discussed this before and I'll keep saying it again and again this game is good quite good in the way it's built you know from its core from its movement to its shooting to its balance to its feedback its responsiveness its fluidity its crossplay which is nice the main multiplayer mode is free to anybody with xbox or pc regardless of if you have game pass which is nice so what went wrong because everything was going right And that's why this hurts so much. Okay, is the campaign bad? Yeah, it's not great. It's not the worst thing ever, but it's just kind of, eh, it exists. They went open world on a game that absolutely does not need to go open world unless you're making it Elden Ring-like, which uh, uh, you could do with Halo. I just don't see how 343 would have pulled that off. It's boring. God, it's a boring open world. Halo is good for story-based Condensed 8 to 12 hour campaigns or more, depending on how difficult you're playing and how many missions there are in that campaign. Um, so going open world, I get it, they're experimenting. I don't really fault them for that, it just didn't land. Now they know, and whenever they make a next one, they shouldn't do that again. Okay, so that's my review of the campaign. It was all right, but it wasn't great, and it's kind of boring. It's a shame, too, because it could have been an interesting open world, and they didn't even pull that off. All right, fine, moving on. The main meat of the meal, right? The main entree, multiplayer. Halo, regardless if you've never played Halo or for some reason dislike it or hate Xbox, so therefore you hate Halo, which I think is an odd point, odd stance to take, um, it's a great game. The franchise as a whole stands above many competitors. It revolutionized a lot of things. And the conventions that Halo brought and that Call of Duty brought simultaneously in parallel, whether they built off each other, whether they did it at the same time, depending on the year, both of them are the reasons why we have first-person games, and technically the reason why multiplayer games are the way they are today. So regardless of how you feel about it now, regardless of how you you feel about who owns it, da, 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 da. That's okay, but I'm just saying, y'all, you know, we've got to respect the history of what Halo and specifically what COD both did for video games as a whole, for multiplayer, for the internet, too, surprisingly. The fact that they both, both brought a boon of uh, high latency required, uh, you know, broadband internet connection for gaming across the world also changed the way companies and individuals thought of in- internet infrastructure, Are they the reason why we have Facebook? No, but they are a good culprit to accelerating the expanse of internet architecture and technology accessibility with that, okay? So also keep that in mind. But then, of course, what they did for gaming as a whole, from being huge blockbusters that brought relevancy and people to the gaming industry and to the world of gaming as a consumer, as a creator. And then finally just what they did for the FPS genre, what both of them did. And remember, they've had more successful games, or almost. Halo hasn't had as many games released as COD, so it's a little different. But they've had almost as many successful games, or games that have stood the test of time, than they've had ones that have flopped. And there's different varying levels of flop, Okay. So, a quick overview of the Halo franchise. It was revolutionary, right? It broke out in the scene in 2001. It kick-started the Xbox. Master Chief was the main mascot. It was phenomenal. Some of the innovations they had in the gameplay mechanics were never seen before, and changed the gaming industry landscape as a whole. Halo 2 just brought upon an improvement, a true sequel, building on the story in ways we never thought of, as well as the multiplayer. Then 3... Closing out the trilogy had an incredible finale to the main story arc of the campaign with Master Chief, as well as revolutionizing multiplayer, adding Forge mode, and just hitting peak level of popularity in 2007 with Halo 3. Then, in 2010-ish, yeah, 10, I think it was June 2010 My personal favorite and my first Halo game came out, Halo Reach, a prequel to the original trilogy that was probably, at the time, the most hated. Just because it wasn't like the Golden Trilogy, which, by the way, the first three Halos are highly regarded. They're not all perfect, but, my God, they're very hard to top. So, that's impressive, for one, you know, when you think about it, that the first three games of a franchise and of a new development studio are some of the most well-known, important, and reputable games ever made. That's hard to do, okay? Halo Reach just took a lot of that and changed some things, added some things. It was a more controversial thing, but overall and over time, especially it aged like fine wine, It's now still regarded as one of the great Halo games, and of course it was the last Halo game under Bungie before their departure from Microsoft right, Bungie being the original developers of the Halo franchise, eventually they went on to be independent, and then they got bought by Activision, well, not bought, but they got, they started making Destiny, which was published by Activision, okay, so after Halo Reach, after the success of that, in 2012 to 2013, Microsoft transferred the rights to the franchise in terms of i mean they still own it but right in terms of developers they s- transferred powers to 343 industries and 343's first f- uh you know stab at halo was halo 4 in 2013 i believe now halo 4 was an interesting mix because it had its new it, it was different right we're talking about a game that the previous halo game came out on the 360 in the peak of 360 fame Right? Halo 3 in the start of the 360 era. And then Halo Reach in the middle point of the 360 era. It was, uh, what, two, th- three and a half to near four years later? So we're at a new console generation with the Xbox One. Well, actually, no. It came out right before the Xbox One. Never mind. It came out like a year before the Xbox One. So maybe it was 2012. Maybe it was fall 2012. I don't remember, honestly. But it was still on 360 and Xbox One. But the bigger deal was that it was different. Much different. Now, it did have a lot of content. It had a new campaign, kind of trying to start its own new trilogy. Fine. Campaign was I People didn't hate it. People didn't love it. But it was okay. Um... The multiplayer was wasn't as controversial as Halo Reach, because Halo Reach was a really well-made multiplayer, but had some design choices that pissed people the fuck off, especially with the whole armor lock and armor abilities, right? As well as the weapon bloom and some other issues, um, and balancing things. Some people loved it, some people hated it. I didn't know any better, so I loved it, right? I never played any other Halos before then. Don't worry, since Halo Reach in 2010. I have gone back with the Master Chief Collection, played through all the campaigns, played through a good chunk of most of the multiplayer modes, maps. Um, Of course, I didn't grow up with them. I grew up with Halo Reach, so that's my inference point. But that's still one of my all-time favorite games. And for good reason. And anybody who wants to say otherwise, that's fine. But just know that it's still a good game. If you go back and play it now, I think you'll understand that. Especially with the remaster on Halo Master Chief Collection. Super fun. Anyway. Um, so Halo 4 wasn't, wasn't outright bad, it just was mid, which isn't good for a Halo, it's like Star Wars, if Star Wars is just alright, I mean at least it's not awful, but it's like, if it's just okay, then for a franchise like that, something's off, okay? And this is of course where we could trace the decline of the Halo franchise, in terms of popularity and success, but also in terms of just critical reception. So it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great. It was just kind of in the middle, and it was okay. It was competent. So it was a little disappointing. Years passed. Halo 5 Guardians comes out with a marketing promo campaign that is reminiscent of Halo 3. Okay, And it was, it was not a great game. It did improve on some mechanics that Halo 4 was middling in. I would say mechanically it was more exciting than Halo 4 and offered way more shit to do, which was nice. But with, its, with the industry in 2015, mind you, right, moving towards trying to copy Titanfall to their best ability, which wasn't very good. I mean, Titanfall is the best at that fast-paced, jet wall-running, parkour boost. They just know how to do it. Titanfall 2 is phenomenal for that. Um, So Halo and COD both try to copy that. Now, Halo only tried it with one game. COD tried it with like three or four. Of course, COD releases annually. Halo does not. Which is why when Halo trips and stumbles, it's so much scarier. At least when COD trips and stumbles, a new game will come out in the next year. It sucks. It's a waste of the time and money and the energy from the devs. And I don't think an annualized cycle is good. But at the very least, we get a soft refresh. We don't have to worry about the game. (laughs) We got Modern Warfare 2 coming out in a week. We don't got to worry about Vanguard anymore. You know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. But with Halo, it could be three to four to six years before we see another one. So, obviously... You know they do add a lot of content updates and changes over time which is good but anyway it was microtransaction heavy the whole warzone rec packs not cod type warzone different type of warzone it was it was messy over time and over the roadmap and the season content updates it did improve it did balance out do a lot of bug fixes add a lot of love beloved content A great Forge mode. And technically they've said one of the best Forge modes. I never kept playing it to that point. But it was solid. But technically at the time it was the worst Halo ever. So why am I saying it's solid now? Because now we are facing the worst Halo ever. And it's a weird conundrum. Because actually in terms of gameplay. Visual aesthetic. core The core gameplay loop of Halo the mechanics, the physicality, the movement, the pacing, everything, mm. is one of the best Halos I've played. So why the fuck is it so bad everywhere else? Let's get into it. The fall of Halo Infinite. And hopefully the resurrection of it. Now, I'm going to strictly talk about Halo, Halo multiplayer what has happened, what is going to happen, what is coming up and what I hope to see happens. I've already done something like this, but this was months ago. Things are changing and as of right now we just got the winter seasonal update that does drop on November 8th right after COD Modern Warfare 2 drops and right before Warzone 2.0 drops. So they're really slotting it in. It's it's been directly a year. I think November or I think it's November 13th when they November 13th or 14th, 2021, Halo Infinite surprise released their multiplayer free beta to the public as a full release even though it still technically had the beta tag. But it was the full package. It wasn't it wasn't I mean, there wasn't a lot of content, but it was there. Like mechanically it was all there and you would save your progress, so essentially it was just like they released it early. What a uh, I was having a rough week <laughs> week. When I woke up to that news, I was so excited to just play it, but, you know, because it was, it was going to come out December 8th with the campaign, right? They said, nah, we're celebrating 20 years of Halo, November 13th or 14th or whatever, maybe 15th. Here it is. Enjoy. Vanguard came out of his ass. Battlefield came out of his ass. Halo Infinite came out. It was fun. It was good. Millions of people downloaded it and played it and had a blast one of the best jumping starting points in a multiplayer release of a game I've, I've seen in a long time I mean I guess Splitgate would rival that but like wow what a way to make a splash to knock out your competitors and to say we're here, fuck you, play us wow and here's the thing, it was fun and almost everybody agreed mechanically, gameplay wise, movement wise and visual aesthetics Three for three, finally found it we gave them a break with Halo 4. It was a very tumultuous cycle to transfer, to be, to, to shepherd such a beloved franchise and to figure out how you're going to have your unique identity to that, right? And then how how that gameplay translates as well as the current console generation transferring. So it was a lot. So we'll forgive them for Halo 4. Halo 5, eh... At least with the seasonal content updates, they did stuff over time. They understood their mistakes, and they tried to improve upon it. I, I don't fault 3 for 3 at the individuals. I understand they love Halo, and I understand they're trying their best. I also understand they may just be in and over their head. It Really, it's just one of those things, you know? Treyarch and Infinity Ward. I'm going to compare Halo to COD often because these are the two titans of first-person shooters, titans of triple A's. they changed the industry, and they're still going. Battlefield is still in that category, but Battlefield has had such a fucking tumultuous cycle that it is not as consistent as even Halo, even though Halos have it pretty tumultuous, right? So, what I'm getting at is that these games are um, 20-year-old franchises now, but the thing about COD is... Treyarch and Infinity Ward are still there. Now, a lot of the key members have left over time and some other devs and all that. That happens, but it's gonna happen. That's natural. After 20 years, you can't expect everybody to stay in the same place forever, right? Developing the same types of games over and over. But the studio and the ethos and the main core people and at least enough of the core people are still there. Bungie left, and I don't fault them for that. Whatever happened, happened, and I hope the best for them. they There are some... Of the greatest game developers out there. And hopefully Destiny is finally going to be able to be realized. In the vision that they hope it to be. And it looks like it's going that way. So good on them. Though Sony did buy them. Which. Side note. I think that's the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. Microsoft and Bungie. Are the reason why Xbox exists. Right. Bungie was Microsoft's first first party studio. Bungie. Bungie. Created one of the greatest gaming trilogies of all time and created the direct competition to Sony's PlayStation. Now, Bungie left in 2010, <laughs> did their own thing. Activision fucked him over. Activision. If Bungie stuck with Activision for just two to three more years, maybe four, which I don't, I'm glad they left Activision, I'm not against that, but if they stayed with Activision, thought they could bear it, or wait until a contractor, or whatever. Just stayed a few more years, and if this Microsoft Activision acquisition closes, that would mean Microsoft gets Bungie back again. But no, Bungie split, which is hilarious in of itself that that could have happened. There's, a, there's an alternate universe where that happened. Anyway. But Bungie left. Activision. Sony's buying Bungie. Microsoft most likely will buy Activision. So now, the stu- even though Activision's never been owned by Sony or Microsoft before, Call of Duty was originally touted as played best on Xbox. Then, exclusive rights, and not full exclusive, exclusive rights, but you know certain pre-orders and bonuses and marketing and advertisement and contractual things, Call of Duty leaned towards PlayStation, okay, in 2013, 14, 15, and until now. Um... And so, now Microsoft's about to buy Activision and own Call of Duty. And they still own the rights to Halo, mind you. And, and Sony's about to own the studio that started Microsoft. So, it, it, they own it, I, I mean. So, it's just, it's funny, funny turnaround, funny little switcheroo. Anyway, um, so, is kind of bumbling finding themselves in halo 4 they kind of found their identity but it felt like more of a corporate overhaul this is before phil spencer really had a say in matters before he was in charges before xbox knew what the hell they needed to do for the current and future gen of xbox so microsoft and xbox were kind of in shambles and just throwing shit at the wall till it sticks hence halo 5 guardians was a fucking mess But with Game Pass, with Phil Spencer, with all these pro-friendly, consumer-friendly things... Not saying Microsoft Xbox is perfect by any means, but... You know, treading in the right direction. Halo Infinite was bound to be at least a little more successful. 343 has learned from their past two games. Right? Time has passed. Things have changed. So, surprise release of the open beta. Or, uh, just the beta, but really it was... Anyway... It played phenomenally and I still stick to that I will always stick to that that game is really fun to play mechanically that's about it of course that's kind of the hardest thing to hit on it's fun to play and it plays well that's the hardest part to do once you got that everything else is easy er not easy but easier especially for a franchise like Halo and this is what drives me through the fucking roof okay Halo Infinite has had a colossal failure. While it started strong in its first two to three months, this is where it went wrong, okay? November 14th, 15th, whatever. 2021, it did great. Launched, it played well. Everybody was playing it. Everybody was having fun. Everybody gave it a break. It was an early surprise release. It was technically still in beta. Nobody was stressing it. We had a month to see what would come of it. December 8th rolls around, which was a Wednesday. That makes no sense to me either this is a type of Friday release game but whatever releases on a Wednesday and what that means is the campaign drops too and anyone who wants to buy that separately can play it anyone who has the game pass can play it beta tag stripped off Halo Infinite Multiplayer what does Halo Infinite Multiplayer change on the 8th of the full release of the game well it's full battle pass comes into play handful of bug fixes um some technical issues were fixed which was nice and i think one mode was added and one map was added if that maybe Maybe not even that that was it i can't tell you how disappointed i was when i saw like a two gigabyte update for the game for the multiplayer component which was bug fixes and a few things and repackaging stuff fine but like People, I was expecting a 25 gig update. Why? Because I was expecting, oh, I don't know, all the fucking content. Split screen, custom games, Forge. Uh, 16 to 18 maps. 10 to 15 modes at the minimum. Four modes. I think eight maps. A broken battle pass. No genuine progression system in play. What the fuck? Okay, alright. Well, I was just like, like, alright. Maybe, you know, maybe they are really just worried about the campaign. I'm like, surely by New Year, right? Say, first week of January, we'll see some trickling in updates and we'll see some changes. We had a dope event that Tanrai, whatever, that had some dope customization. I'll give them credit for that. That was cool. Um, But the mode was... Dog shit. Fiesta was Fiesta's a fine mode, but the way of getting that challenge complete was just asinine. So at this point we're a month into the full release of this game. It's winter break. I'm home. I'm actually playing this game because it's still a fun game. You've got ranked, you've got unranked. You've got their version of domination. You've got T D M. You've got Capture the Flag, you've got a free for all mode. You got a couple other modes. No Oddball. Oh, no, there's Oddball, sorry. There's no Griffball. No Big Team Battle is meh. The vehicles don't work great. They're, they're okay, but they don't fly. They're, they don't particularly control very much. They're not very interesting maps either. That was a huge issue with me. The maps are usually just, at the very least, visually intriguing. Even Halo 5 and Halo 4 had some pretty interesting maps that are that are memorable to that extent but their maps need to be diverse in your options on how to approach problems, unique and interesting enough to look at, or that feels different from other maps and have functionality to whatever game mode you're playing or whatever type of game you're playing right? Functionality was fine and some of them were great and fun to play but visually eh kinda boring half-assed, okay, well You know, that's okay, because the beautiful thing about Halo that no other game like it does is it has Forge and Custom games. And with Forge, you could upload maps to the community, kind of like modding, right? And so people, the community, can create these maps and play on Forge maps and servers with each other. And then, over time, the devs will pick their favorites and load them into official, you know, do some polishes, do some sprucing up, add that developer polish, and then release it as a full map of course with the credit to the to the original creators in fact forge mode has employed multiple game devs over time because of their skills it's an incredible tool and it allows community freedom and expression and and it allows you to program game modes weapons physics maps you get to build maps you get to build modes you get to and you get to play them with friends or with random people online. So when the, dev, when the devs can't get around to it as quickly, they throw in, they got Forge mode, they got custom games, it works, it's polished. And when that's the case, the community can create until full updates. But no, Forge was nowhere to be seen at all custom games were so broken that you couldn't even load it properly or save files when you made smaller custom modes, because you don't always have to do Forge for that, you can just do presets but it wouldn't even save that. There was no co-op campaign either online, and there's no split screen. Mind you, in 2010 when Halo Reach launched it launched with Twenty f- or no, fifteen game modes, which is a lot. Um, like I think twelve to sixteen maps, maybe a little less than that. Which for the time, for two thousand and ten, was a f- fuck ton. It launched with a fully integrated forge, fully integrated um, custom firefight, which was PVE round based, online or split screen co-op was online or split-screen. Multiplayer was online or split-screen. In fact, all of them were not only online or split-screen, they were both. So you could have a buddy over, they could be playing split-screen with you, and you could still join online lobbies with your other friends. Oh. And, um, they, they didn't have much continuous updates or DLC. They had bug fixes, but you know, they didn't have battle passes stuff all the customization all the progression you just did by playing well all the modes were there all the maps were there yeah there was there's dlc updates down the line and there were bug fixes as they went but all, they just bungie put all the content there and they let us play at our own volition now i talked about this in my most previous episode about nostalgia and stuff of course nostalgia of course the time of course of what i understood of games was different so Halo Reach it was, it was a magical time for me, and will always be. I've gone back and I've played it, I'll tell you. The mechanics, the gameplay, it's, the content is all still there, which is incredible. And it, it's still a great game, but, you know, the gameplay is a little dated, right? So the modernization and some of the things that Halo Infinite brings is so much more refreshing. I want to play Halo Infinite. It, it plays more fun than, than Reach, and that hurts to say. But there's nothing to do in it. It's just not. It's not enough, at least. There's stuff to do in it. But there's not enough. Not compared to even Halo 4 or Halo 5, surprisingly. And that's partially because they went free-to-play and they thought, Oh, seasonal content updates and, and battle progression and passes. and No, it doesn't work that way. You can have that. I I, I don't mind that if it's for cosmetic purposes, but give us match XP. Give us ways to progress and unlock the armors we want. Let us mix and match the customizations we want, and then have a premium battle pass that gives you cooler shit. Have the challenges give more XP, but get us XP for popping heads and for killing people and for winning matches and completing matches. They didn't have that for months The only way you would get XP to progress is if you did specific challenges. And let me tell you, challenges aren't always that fun. Not everybody's like, oh, let me do a challenge. Yeah, let me go play game mode I don't really give a shit about with a gun I don't want to use. To get... And and the XP margins weren't even worth it. You'd get 250 XP, but it would take... Or you'd get maybe 100 XP or less, or 50 XP, and it takes 1,000 XP or more. Like, what the... Oh, a thousand to get to one level so maybe they gave you 200 or 150 but still essentially it would take 10 to f- 12 matches to rank up once eh, I don't particularly mind that I guess it, but but have a little more of a range a little more o- elastic range there make it if you play well if you do well and I've talked about this before if you play well you can comp- you get XP for a match you complete if you do well you should get it some bonus XP and if you win and do well you should get even more bonus XP you know reward the player for playing and reward them for playing well it's that a very simple mechanic that's in most games very simple because if they play a game and even if they like it but they feel like they're not getting rewarded yeah they might get better but even when you're getting better you should get some sort of reward for it or see the the progress you're making as you go and they're like nah what <laughs> these were issues that crippled Halo Infinite from being the best Halo ever because the gameplay was there the modern conventions of crossplay, with the explosive amount of people on PC as well as the amount of people on Xbox the potential was there Where it failed is where it failed to be Halo, which is why it's so fucking frustrating. Because it didn't know how to be itself, much like Halo 5. But Halo 5 lost its identity in the mechanics of movement and some of the shooting and some of the features. But Halo Infinite lost itself in the simplest form, content. So let's get into what they've been doing and where it's going to go from here. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Just so you all know, in a modern gaming landscape with a free-to-play, especially, or a multiplayer game, or especially multiplayer arena shooters such as Halo, as renowned as Halo is, it only has, you only get three to four months to make a splash and to keep people hooked in a game like this, okay? First month, super fucking solid. That bought them a couple extra months on the back end for anything they needed that's really hard to do kudos what they needed to do on december 8th was release a bunch of more modes maps and maybe forge or even or just say forge isn't ready yet we need some polishing it's the biggest Forge ever but show us what it is show us its potential make us understand why you need more time and they should have re overhauled the xp and the battle pass the general progression those things aren't easy. You can't do them all in a month, but at least add some more modes and add the XP and the bug fixes and weapon balancing with by December 8th. And then, say, by New Year's, we'll have a reworked progression system where you could cross, use your armor sets and stuff. It's not locked to a core, and not every good thing's in the Battle Pass. Even though the Battle Pass is free, by the way. Yeah, there's a premium thing that lets you get faster, but you you, you can... I don't think it gets you extra unique stuff other than maybe a few extra challenge cards and some special armor, but it just accelerates you faster, if I'm not mistaken. Or no, maybe it's you just pay $10 and you have it forever. There's something about the battle pass, though, that was pretty consumer-friendly for it. They were like... It was almost like when they announced it, they weren't even really worried about getting your money for that, but I don't know. I don't know if it's changed or not. So, yeah. Shit like that, you know? It was weird. But on December 8th, what'd they do? A little bug fix and maybe added a mode, I think. If that. What the fuck? I thought surely over winter break they would do something. My winter break. Nope, they went on a winter break. What? Okay, I get it. They needed a break. I'm not gonna fault them for that. They probably were really hard at work getting this game ready. Right, They were originally, by the way, and I forgot to mention this, they were originally going to release Halo Infinite a year before. They were going to release it in 2020 with the launch of the Series X. But because of the abysmal reviews, they didn't. So, in all fairness, like, I, that's fine. Like, they, I guess that's okay. I mean, they they did a good job improving and fixing a lot of the shit that was not very good right graphically and they pushed it back a year that was a big big decision that was a huge money loss on on microsoft's part to decide to do that to not have halo launch with the new console that's what they were touting the whole time and then to, to to say oh yeah we're gonna push it back a year good for them my god if they didn't do that Holy fuck. At least the game looks good and plays good. I can't imagine if they didn't give it that year of extra polish. So I get it. They were hard at work. Maybe they needed a break. This is maybe a Microsoft management issue. Because I've heard that there's been some internal management and a lot of changes and some real conflict and drama. It's not all on 3 for 3. Okay, fine. I'll... I'll I'll lean into that possibility. What Microsoft then should have done is had a supporting studio. They own enough of them. Fuck's sake, they owned Bethesda at this point. Maybe get Machine Games or Id Software to come in and just help. Why not put Halo on Id Tech? By the way, oh, that would that would be dope as fuck. Anyway, get um, get Id Software. They make Doom. Have them help as a supporting studio Just for a bit I know they're working on their own thing Fucking Activision does this all the time Get them to help take some of the brunt work They can do it They know how to (laughs) They're some of the best in the field Out there They can handle Halo So if 343 needed a breather for a month Needed a month long hiatus A break I completely understand Recharge, take a break, maybe two months Who gives a shit have id come in and just quietly manage things (laughs) keep things up and running throw in content updates improve shit i don't know i don't know how the shit works but i'm just saying something because instead what 343 did in the eve of their game the first game they've launched in six years being a live service game which means when you have committed to that as the game that you're doing You have to be live, motherfucker. You have to stay up with it. It doesn't mean you have to con... It doesn't mean their marketing manager has to post a selfie every day in the mirror and say, Hey, Halo's going well. But it just means they gotta keep us informed. Especially when in the month they release their game we've been waiting for for six years. When you immediately respond with how you're gonna fix it and what you're doing. Or just fucking know that it's already an issue and fix it as soon as possible which they did on a few things and i give them credit for that they had a quick turnaround time for the battle pass progression they did overhaul a lot of that still not good enough but they overhauled quite a bit of it they added a few new things and they did kind of a mid-season update a little sweetener but here's the problem with 343 and halo in their management of halo infinite no one's saying that the gameplay of halo infinite is bad everyone's just saying the management of the live service model is horrendous because when you're doing live service, you have to keep it live. You have to keep updating it. I'm not saying every single week you have to update it with something, but I'm saying within the first month of its release, technically by the second month. I'm talking from December 8th to January 8th, but technically since it was already out for a month beforehand, which as cool as it was for Marketing Push... They didn't capitalize on that. So what was the point? You know? Um, so in a span of an entire two months, not being able to add any substantial content is damning. How? How have they not... Like, people... The coding is there. Data miners found out the coding for all these modes are just there. They All they have to do is go in, maybe test it, maybe bug fix and polish it. Maybe it's already there. I don't know how it works, but it's not very difficult. It's not like they have to build the assets from the ground up. Elden Ring's DLC, whenever that comes out, is a different story. Because one, it's most likely going to be a paid DLC. And two, they're building it. Whether they were building it in tangent with the development of Elden Ring, or whether it's cut content, or whether it's brand new since the game released, I don't know. But what I do know is it's not a mode that's already has the elements in place, and it's not a franchise where it's already had that mode a decade ago. They have to build the world, or the weapons, or the rig the animation, or ha- whatever the case may be for whatever Elder Ring decides to do. They have to really work on it, and polish it, and quality assurance, and check it, and all that. It's almost like developing a new game. I assume they did a lot of... I assume they're, they're utilizing cut content or stuff that they were doing at the same time. That way it's not like they're developing an entirely new game after they released one just for DLC, right? I don't know, though. But I assume it's more so... more logical than just developing something from scratch or near from scratch. But it's a lot more work, logically speaking, because they have to build a new map, a new world and environments, render it, animate it, animated it animate it sound like Porky the Pig there you know balance it add new weapons add new content make sure it all fits and test the fuck out of it it could have been built this whole time and they've just been trying to tweak it and fine tune it while giving some small patches and updates to the full release of Elden Ring I don't know but my point is that's a different process so if it takes them a year to do that fine because the game is majority solo player and when it's co-op it works It's a fun game. There's a fuck ton to do. It's such a big game and so well made. It doesn't really need a DLC. We just want more. Because we're greedy. (laughs) Because it's so well made. Why not have more? Halo Infinite's different. Halo Infinite is basing itself off of architecture. Off of game philosophy that has been in stone for 20 years. They celebrated the 20th anniversary. They have 20 years of franchisable experience behind them. And literally known content. Of of course, the maps have to be within the infinite universe. Fine. Why not, though, just throw a few remastered maps just for the fuck of it? I know it's not a reboot of, like, Halo Reach, but why not throw a sword base in there? Who's going to be mad at that? Is it is really something to be like, oh, it's not canon to Halo Infinite. Who gives a shit? You know? What they could have done, at the very least, is said they're working on a six-pack map pack of some favorite maps. You know? From different one from each halo or something you know maybe two from the most beloved halo and then one from each other halo. i don't know just something not nothing something not nothing that was the problem okay so if it takes time to develop it polish it whatever if you're not sure it works if you have to rework things okay i'll even give you that then my question is why the fuck didn't you let us know they went ghost. They just didn't say anything. Other than we're working on what... We hear you, we see you, we're working on it. On what, motherfucker? We've been saying a lot of issues here. Which ones are you going to get to first? You know, they did get to the battle pass, some of the XP progression, and they did a little mid-season... It wasn't even mid-season, but they did a little mid-monthly little update. They dropped one new map or two new maps, one new game mode, or two new game modes, and, and some balances and stuff like that. Okay, that's that's all right. I mean, good on them, I guess. I'm not upset by that. Um, they dropped SWAT. Thank God. I was dying to see SWAT. Uh, I don't know if they have team snipers. I God, I would hope. So, the biggest issue they've been having, though, beyond all that, is <laughs> it's fucking weird. Their timetables are horrendous. I I can't keep excusing it at this point. Like, I get it for some instances, but Jesus, this is getting weird, people. Like, how? How are you fucking up this often? What are you possibly doing? Because... It... they, They expanded season one, which, mind you, live service games, usually a season should be, I don't know, two to four months... Maybe a little more. But usually three is a healthy number. Gives us enough time to enjoy the content you've made. Gives you guys enough time to get ready for the next content drop. And keeps us interested. From December 8th, which is technically when they launched the season one. Heroes of Reach, by the way based on my favorite one and they didn't even have that many cool they didn't have the inheritor skull how do you miss out on that in the battle pass wouldn't that be number 100 Uh, whatever Um, also when you say that when you're a live service game why not have a few Halo Reach maps if you're gonna be called the Heroes of Reach why is it just purely cosmetic why not have one or two Halo maps you know what I mean like what's the harm in that remastered Halo Reach maps I don't think anyone would complain about that Anyway. Um Or three. That'd be really cool. <laughs> or more. Anyway. I know you're probably thinking, we'll just go play the remastered Halo Reach on Master Chief Collection. I have, and it's fun. But I want to play new Halo content with some throwbacks with the new mechanics of Infinite because it plays so damn well. That's the problem. So anyway, the season was off to a rough start. But... When you're a live service game and you say, okay, well, the next major content... Because each season, that's when the major content update comes in. There'll be bug fixes. There might be some small changes. There might be a mode or a map or two mid-season dropped just to keep you enticed, but that's not really anything substantial. The substantial stuff is per season. They announced a roadmap just recently. So at this time, we were operating with no roadmap for almost an entire year. But they released one in... In the summer, I think. And it's bad because it's six to eight months per season. With not enough content with to warrant that long of a wait. I know I'm being very negative, but bear with me because the last segment I'll have of this is more positive and I'll tell you why when I get there. But anyway, I'm just... Surprise! Season 1 lasted. They extended season 1 by like 2 or 3 months. Because they were polishing stuff. And it was fine. But it's like okay. Why? There's nothing you're doing. Season 2 dropped. Season 2 dropped with I fucking shit you not. 3 maps and like 2 new modes. What the fuck? It didn't even add any new wet vehicles or guns. Plenty of bug fixes some customization changes. And the new mode that they were really going off of, that was kind of the whole emphasis of the season, was just alright, but like, who cares? It was a miniature Battle Royale. Like, really miniature. It was pretty much elimination. And it's just like, alright, cool. Uh, moving on, I guess, you know. They lost the Thunder. And they didn't need to. They could have just added some content. If they dropped the Forge, it would have really prolonged this. And it wouldn't really be an issue. People would just be making the shit they want to play. People would be playing it. They'll add the content. Everyone be happy. Go lucky. But the mismanagement, the pushing back deadlines, they've delayed more seasons than they've had delivered on them. And the game hasn't even been out for an entire year. How the fuck do you manage that? You might not like COD, but you gotta give COD props. Within one year, COD gets through four to five seasons and it's substantial content drops. And it's free. It is two to four new weapons. It may be a new operator, maybe not, who cares? That's cosmetic. It's a fuck ton of new skins for those who are interested and like those kinds of things. It is new playlist rotations, events, and it's new maps. When I'm talking I'm talking multiplayer and or updates and new events and or a new map in Warzone at the same time. One of the season updates from Modern Warfare 19 like brought three weapons, four maps, or two maps, two, two maps in the first on the launch of the season and then two maps before the season ended or one map in between, uh, something like that. Anyway, like three multiplayer maps and all that. And that's not a lot at once, but... It was enough, it was substantial for what COD was doing, and COD Modern for 2019 launched with enough support and had play live events and playlists updating to keep it fresh and spicy. It had a very well thought out progression system that made you want to keep playing, as well as good core gameplay mechanics. Halo Infinite had the core gameplay mechanics down pat. They didn't have any idea how to do this live service continuation of content and enticing the players to keep coming back for extra stuff beyond just having fun. Which is hard to do, I understand that. but, And then, here's the kicker. COD did all of that, dropped 4 to 5 seasons of substantial content from point A to point B within the life cycle of one COD game in a year. Because after that, there's an entire new COD game that comes out and they reset that cycle. Which kind of sucks because the other game is forgotten, but also that's impressive <laughs> that they could do that. Obviously, they have three main studios and two and 1,200 supporting studios. That's the difference. Microsoft has only tasked one studio to work on it. Now, it is one game, and it is not an annualized game. So maybe logistically, they thought, well, obviously, you guys can handle that. But they need a support studio if you're doing a live service. You just do. I, just, I don't see how you can continuously do that as one studio after you've built the damn game. You're humans. You need a break. I get that. I'm not faulting them for that. Four to five seasons for one year of COD, and it drops from point A to point B from season one to season four or five, depending on the, the the game. It would drop like twelve to between eight to twelve new maps, give or take a fuck ton of new events. Of course, bug fixes, changes, patches, all that that always happens, and like twenty new weapons, new uh, like eight new operators way more customization options in one year. I don't think we've had... I don't think Halo Infinite has gotten more than six game modes. Oh, and also, when COD does that, it also does one or two game modes on top of the maps. I don't think Halo has added more than six game modes and six maps, and and, and, in exactly one month, we hit the anniversary. It's been 11 months, and they haven't even... One and a half... One season and one mid-season update of COD of any AAA COD multiplayer has done more than Halo Infinite in 11 months. Three months of COD. That's the difference. That's the timetable difference we look at, people. You may not love COD, but they do a good job at staying consistent and at least delivering on what they say they're going to deliver. And if they don't, they just push back to another season and you get more in that season. Rainbow does that too. Halo Infinite just... <laughs> 343 wasn't ready and I don't exactly know why when a lot of the content has been made by them and by Bungie like is it that hard to add SWAT it's literally it's not because they found in the files of a custom game it's there it's programmed you could essentially choose it it just doesn't let you because it was locked to the to the user but it was there so if it's built, what are you waiting for? And, and that's the other problem with live service games, and I'll say again and again. Even if the content's there and ready, it's pre-built, it's ready to launch, maybe at the press of a button, really, to go live, they wait, and they don't give it to you yet because they want to keep you coming back for more and enticing you. I get that, but there's a balance to it, and this one was way off balance. You have to give us enough content for us to care and get into the game and to continuously play it to get us excited for more content. You can't cut us short, especially on a franchise when we know what we should be expecting. Infection. Griffball. Um, variations of Team Slayer. Um, forge. A firefight mode, if possible. Co-op. Across the board. Split screen and, uh, and multiplayer. Um, you know, SWAT. Team Snipers. Uh... I don't even know, guys. The, the list goes on of all the types of modes they could have had. And instead, it was Team Deathmatch, Slayer, which is, you know, Team Slayer, um, a free-for-all mode, Capture the Flag, and their Domination mode. That was it. That was, uh, that, and that was the content for a very long time. They added SWAT three months later. I haven't played the game in a few months, so I really don't know what else they've added, and I might go back and check just to see. But, god damn. It's a shame because the game is really fun. The art style is dope as hell. Inf- uh, 343 finally found their their spot, right? Halo 4 kind of looked a little ugly, clunky. Halo 5 a little sleeker, but a little off. This feels right. It's a good blend of some of the Bungie stuff, and everybody agrees. Everybody agrees this Halo Infinite looks good, plays good, it's really fun, really stable. So content. And, and that's the most damning thing. I, it would make more sense if we had a fuck ton of content and the gameplay was a little off. That would make more sense. That's how it's been the past two two Halos and that would make more sense because having the modes that have already been made, logistically thought out, by Bungie or by a modder or by 343 themselves. Oh, what if we have gravity hammers that hit a ball around or you could just smash each other? I don't know. And the way Halo is built is it's built in a way where it's a sandbox, right? So it has the tools, it has the assets, it has the map. Maybe it needs some programming and polishing and and fine-tuning. I don't doubt that. But other than that, it's all there. The elements are there. The elements are there. So if they released a Forge mode with that, we could have made those modes. We could have made a Team Snipers or, or SWAT in the meantime. Until it was officially the polished dev version. And honestly... Forge might have been so good, and it, and I'll get to that in a minute, that you, the devs might just take the blueprint of that and just fine-tune some stuff, make sure it works across the board since they have more tool, tools at their disposal, and make it that the full release. Basically, the community can play, as soon as somebody makes that mode, they could play that, and it can be a completely new mode, and it allows variety, as well as entirely new maps thought up, which is amazing. That allows endless supply of content creation within the world of halo it's like modding modding just allows you to endlessly have content regardless of the developer's pace it's a beautiful tool and what bungie used what bungie did and what 343 has done with that is they also just allow the community to build what they want and then they look at that they see what's most popular and they're like oh okay then we'll just take off that we'll give you credit we're not going to steal it but we'll give you credit um we'll fine-tune it and we'll release it throughout the entire game Even though it's technically anyone could play it, at that point, still, it may be a little harder to see or to access. It'll be in the main playlist rotation, main game mode. Uh, There you go. In Halo Reach, if I'm not mistaken, there's a community-made tab where 3 for 3, or I'm sorry, at the time, Bungie picked their favorite mods that they did, brushed it up, polished it, made it kind of their own griffball is one of those things griffball was made by somebody else and they just i think or maybe they were just futzing around using the forge editor mode whatever the case is you could do a lot with the vehicles the weapons it's a sandbox it's meant to play you play and have fun and experiment and forge allows everybody to do that and to share it with each other and play in the world we build so if they at least did that with a functioning custom games and a functioning well thought out forge mode we wouldn't be having this content drought. But they couldn't even manage to do that. But I think I understand why, a little more why, everything has been so stagnant in the Halo Infinite arc. And And I'm finally starting to see, possibly, I'm very, very, very cautiously optimistic. In fact, I'm preparing to be hurt more than I am to be healed. But I'm very cautiously optimistic that Halo Infinite might finally be seeing a turnaround it desperately needs to survive. Let's get into it.